With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah. It always amazes me at this time of the year, though, that like we have to remind full-grown adults that it's not right to yell at and make fun of and say inappropriate things to 20-year-olds. That's what... Start out that do, you, do, do you remember how bad Jake Vertanen got it that one year when he kept taking penalties and people were just all over him? Jake Vertanen, Comtois got rinsed. Oh, yeah. They oh, they got yeah. onto his personal Instagram and started yeah, go, going after him. That's why. Did you see the Telus commercial? No, I didn't see it. There was a Telus commercial with Comtois, and it was pretty much like, "Hey, like, let's not do that <laughs> again." Because that was inappropriate. Yeah, but, that's true. Yeah. Let's start it off. Episode 14. Is it Dave Keon? Is Dave, Dave Keon? Yes, sir. Dave, episode Dave Keon. That's huge. We got World Juniors action. Real World Juniors action, finally. Uh, some Leafs Week in review. It feels like the Leafs played like six years ago. Uh, in actual fact, it hasn't been that long. But that's what the holidays do to you. So let's jump right into it. World Juniors, Canada versus USA, Boxing Day. What a game. What did you think of this one, Josh? It's a great game. I got a question for you. I know I know it, uh, just to start, I know it's determined by last year's standings, how they do the groups and the schedules. But do you prefer when USA and Canada are the same, when they play earlier in the group stage or when they play on New Year's Eve? What, what do you prefer? Uh, New Year's Eve because it's like it's the stage is set and everything, but I do like it when you get some actual good competition early in the tournament. I mean, remember last year with Denmark, it was an absolute joke. Like it, yeah. it wasn't even a game three minutes into the game. So to get that early game where it's a lot of action, a lot of good games today. Russia getting upset by the Czech Republic, Sweden, Finland going into overtime, and then this game, of course. Even the Switzerland Kazakhstan was close. I didn't really watch it though because Switzerland Kazakhstan. So, but I mean, we had a good slate early on, and to be honest, this year Canada's got a tough division. These are all going to be good games. So yeah, they are. Right. Who do they play on New Year's Eve? I didn't even... I, I, I think that's their easiest game, actually. Because oh. they play Russia in two days, I believe. On Saturday, yeah. And then, let's see who they play. They play Czech, actually, on New Year's Eve. The Czechs are actually and got a good team. Germany on the 30th. Yeah, I thought they played Germany on the 30th, but it's the Czech, yeah. So. Yeah, they they were buzzing out there. Jan Janic, they got, uh, he's pretty damn good. He's a, a Arizona Coyotes prospect. He's second in team scoring for Hamilton, right behind Arthur Kaliav. They're both those guys are lighting it up. He had a good game today, and then Lucas Dostal, their goalie, was solid last year, and he's back again. He looked pretty yeah. good today for them. So no, That's a big win, so. not a lot of easy games here. But let's hop right into it. What do you think of USA Canada? That was a great game. 
I thought Canada was actually, even though, even though the score was pretty close for the whole game, I thought they were, honestly, maybe this is biased, I thought they were a better team, five on five for sure. 100%. I, I don't even think it was that close, actually. Like, the USA did a really good job capitalizing on their power play, though. You have to give them that. Yeah. Um, but so did Canada, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I thought they pretty much mostly dominated the pace of play. Mm-hmm. I think that has to a lot to do with their strength down the middle, to be honest, and just overall strength of their of their forward core. Yeah. I mean, w- when you roll the centers that they have, it's it's like it's, it's pretty hard not not to be a good five on five team. So yeah. Uh, what did you think about the start start of the game for Canada? The start of the game, I thought, was just tough. It was some tough bounces there. I thought they were buzzing. They were playing really well. They went down one nothing early, but what you saw was a lot of great possession. They they were missing the net a little bit too much, but to get themselves into it, they were throwing the body like crazy. The, the energy was just full steam ahead. Canada, Canada, it felt, and to leave that first period down two nothing, it just something didn't feel right but to see three three goals in the second period is not a surprise at all because they just rode that energy and they made those small adjustments the puck started going on net the penalty started going their way and bada bing bada boom you leave the second period up one goal as opposed to being down two after the first one right yeah and i i thought even the first period they started a little like I don't want to say sluggish, but like you said, the bounce, the puck seemed to be bouncing on them in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Penalties. It just wasn't the best start. Yeah. And but they completely turned it around the second period. I mean, the second period was pretty dominant, in my opinion. Oh yeah, it was. They had the three goals. They they got lucky, a little bit lucky on that uh, no goal at the end of the second period by USA on that. Power yeah, but that was game. that was after. Like that, even yeah. even live, I thought that was after. After the horn, so little, yeah, it was somewhat close though. But yeah, to see that, uh, to see them go up one after the second period was awesome. Um, I'm gonna get into the goaltending just real quick. Uh, Nico Doss, I thought, played okay. There were a couple really good saves that he made. Uh, there was the one on Oliver Wallstrom, who's got a terrific shot yeah. off that break there on the two on one. He made another one. I have two clips of him making great glove saves. And then another one, it was off a point shot. The rebound came out, and he was able to stretch his leg out to make that save there. So a couple pretty darn good saves. The four goals against weren't really his fault. Maybe the Nick Robertson one he should have had. But the other ones, it's like, okay. It was a great shot, though. Yeah, I mean, he, it was a very think, good shot. I don't think anyone on the ice expected him to shoot from that body positioning. Yeah. His body was set up to do a pure either a toe drag or to, or to pass, and he just ripped. Exactly. I don't know how he got that shot off from that body. That was extremely impressive. Oh, yeah, that was, yeah, the way that he just adjusted it and threw it right through the defenseman's legs, and to get it on net in that spot, too, was wildly impressive. Uh, and honestly, just touching on Nick Robertson, this was the most ideal game for Canadian League fans ever. Yeah. You get the Canada win, and you get a couple Nick Robertson points in there as well. Um, yeah, so the second period, obviously, they, they come out buzzing. They're, they're big guns, just... The big guns were the reason they won this game. I mean, when you yeah. look at it, Alexi Lafreniere put on a masterful performance out there. It was... He was a jazz musician, and we were the beneficiaries of his art. Four points today including a couple great hits in the first period it was 
Uh, he set up another couple great chances uh, around the net there. And then on top of that, you had uh, Barrett Hayton, who had a terrific game as well. There's a reason he's the captain out there. Uh, Joe Valeno, I thought, was decent. And then outside of that, uh, a couple other guys had some decent games as well there too. I, don't, I can't remember off the top of my head, though. No, I agree. And you know what? All the guys you mentioned, it, it's a positive when you have guys who are not to discredit this tournament that we all love, but they're like too good to be playing this tournament. Yeah, like they're Barrett Hayden could be in the NHL. Like he is. Lafreniere could be in the NHL right now, yeah. considering his age, right? Yeah. And and those guys are, are just, they came to play. I mean, Lafreniere had the game that like you dream of for a draft eligible guy, like the guy oh, that we've right. seen like McDavid and Tavares have in the past where it's like, yeah. that guy is just insane. And he was, that was it today. His, his confidence with the puck where he... When he has the puck on his stick, he he has no fear. No. He feels like he can do whatever he wants, and he's right. He, it's such, he has such a command for the ice for a winger. It is very impressive yeah. to see from a winger. Yeah, it, it almost makes you forget that he is a winger. And I mean, we, I we've seen this from him. The Holinka, you remember um, when he played in the Holinka, not this one, but the one before, it was a sick joke for him. He, was, he just ran away with the whole tournament. So to see that again it's not much of a surprise and I know you wanted to compare Lafreniere this year to last year what kind of points did you have on that one oh yeah I mean I mean last year was a disgrace how much they played him and and like the then Hunter made him a whipping boy at which game was it after where he made like a small error and and it, it ended up in the back of our net and, and he criticized him in the media which game do you remember which game that was last year it was the I think it was the second or third game something like, like that. that that was just that's one of those old school coaching tough love moments and, and Hunter is that type of guy I don't want to say stubborn like Mike Babcock but that type of stubborn where I mean hey if they played him a little more last year how does that maybe that tournament ends up a little different maybe because obviously I mean he's a better player this year but if you look at his numbers in, in junior they're pretty much similar like he was really good last year too he was the chl player of the year last year obviously obviously this guy's going to be playing like he's walking on eggshells if you bench him and play him two minutes in one game i remember when at that benching the play after he got benched it was a pass in front and it kind of rolled off his stick he almost had a good scoring chance there and then you didn't see him for the rest of the game so he was like the CHL player of the year just sat on your bench last year and was wasted and you went out to the media and you called him out. He's 17 years old, dude. What are you trying to gain from this? From from whipping around the 17-year-old, the respect from your team? I don't think that was the case at all. Hunter was a terrible coach, by the way, last year. I had so many issues with what he did and how he ran it. Just zero adjustments on the power play, zero adjustments with lines. The team couldn't get a quality scoring chance. It was it was like they weren't being coached. It was, it was he was just there. So, to see him actually perform to put up numbers, sorry, this year, it's very refreshing to see. Especially not surprising. Though. Not, not surprising. surprising. But the fact that he came out and got 4 points yeah. against Team USA in the first game is very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing. So, as we touched on, five on five all went to Canada, but the special teams, the the PK, 
I mean, what did you think about that? I mean, it's tough. It, I feel like no team is ever happy with their penalty kill in the World Juniors, honestly, yeah. because like there's so many studs on offense. But yeah, obviously it wasn't good enough. That goal that uh, that Zagres set up for Kaliev though yeah. was disgusting. That was nice. that was that was a really nice goal. Yeah. Um, I know you had reservations posting it on the on the Instagram because it was a, it was a Team USA goal, but man, that was a pretty goal. Yeah, I was like, damn it, but uh, that was a nice one. Um, with that goal, though, so comes my issue: what I had with Canada defending today, the lane going through the front of the net was just wide open. It seemed I don't know how they were being taught to defend, but. It was like it was like a it was like a highway there. Everything was going through that Zagres goal. I think it was Smith should have been blocking that lane. It went right through there, no problem. To Arthur Kaliev, who has a, a, a decent shot, I've heard. Um, and then on top of that, too, the Nick Robertson pass in front. Uh, I forget who scored on that one. That went right through JBD, and then think there was one more in there as well i'm trying to i can't quite remember but you gotta i mean if you're watching the passing lane you gotta do just you gotta block the passing lane you gotta do just that and and that absolutely killed them today for a couple of those goals so that needs to be tight yeah, i agree but i agree i agree with that it, it was tough it's, uh, the robertson one especially you gotta block that pass coming yeah. across crease that one is like he was laying down too. i don't know how he's how he snuck that underneath there, but it yeah. happens. The uh, the Cali of goal, though, if I remember correctly, was kind of a weird play because I think whoever broken. had the zone entry yeah. almost tried to dump it in right as he got into the yeah. zone and lost it, and then the Canadian defender yeah. chipped the puck away. Yeah. But then then Trevor Zagres did such a good job controlling it through the legs and just made a great pass. It was a broken. But I agree. It was a broken play. A yeah. little more responsibility in their own end for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then. That was, and then, so to address USA, I mean, I didn't see much of their their big guns really. No, Cole Caulfield was invisible. Like that guy, he needs to show up more. Five goals, five goals in your game. Okay, you played Germany, dude. That was, I was tough. I think he'll he'll bounce back. No problem. No problem at all. Uh, Oliver Wallstrom, for a guy that's returning, a guy that's been in the AHL year and doing having some success, being called up to the NHL this year, I expected a little bit more out of him than what we saw. Um, I mean, outside of that, I, the, the lines were set a little bit strange there too, so maybe USA adjusts those, but... Uh, yeah, I think the, they need to give more ice time to Arthur Kaliev, to be honest. I don't know why, what it, what it is about this guy that it seems like Team USA does not does not love the kid there. No. I don't know, maybe because he plays in the OHL, doesn't play development. I don't know. Yeah. But he's a guy who's going to score goals. In this tournament, if you play that guy 15 to 20 minutes, or whatever, that's a wide range. Power, I think he played 10 minutes tonight. He will score. I'm telling you, he will yeah. score. Um, and then also on top of that, Bobby Brink looked pretty good as well. So I, he only played 12 minutes. Like, I don't know. I think some adjustments will come to USA. You can't. You Robertson can't, was very impressive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Robertson was impressive. And then, I mean, yeah, it was it was it was a little bit tough, especially on the from the back end. But uh, what I find interesting every year about the World Juniors, what you don't see 
really in Junior is that they display the time on ice stats. Um, because some years, it's like, my God, is this a mistake? This time on ice is so low. I remember last year, uh, Kirill Marchenko, I think is his name, the Columbus Dra- uh, Blue Jackets draft pick, he averaged two minutes per game in the tournament. And just looking through the, the, the list today, Dawson Mercer played one shift. Wow. In the first period. That's wild. In the first period, he played one shift, one minute, and that was it. I, don't, I, I didn't hear anything about an injury, nothing. And then on the USA side, Cam York, the first round pick to the Philadelphia Flyers, played 224. So yeah, it just kind of shows you why the OHL, WHL, QMJHL do not publish time on ice stats because it's, it's borderline embarrassing <laughs> for some of these guys. But, anyways, moving on. Um, is there anything else you want to speak to in this game? I think we've. No, I mean, it's just impressive, though. Like, if you look at the some of the guys on Canada who didn't get points in this game, like Dylan Cousins or Quinn Byer, yeah. like, this team is loaded. Yeah. It's loaded. They should win the gold medal, for sure. Yeah, we were speaking on it. The big guys showed up. There are other big guys that back up those big guys. Like That are going to score. That they are, are going, are to, going score. to score. That are going to score. I mean, Quinton Byfield looked pretty good, damn good, in that uh, game against Finland there. Every sort of showcase 14 Canada I've been impressed with him he was a little bit on the quieter side today but I didn't think he was bad at all and then Dylan Cousins on top of that as well like those are two guys that you know are going to give you offense they didn't necessarily play bad today but the puck's gonna find the back of the net when they're on the ice that's for sure uh, okay, I think that wraps up this game here. The second game for Canada is going to be against Russia on Saturday. Uh, Russia is going to be coming for blood in this one. They were they were upset today by the Czech Republic 4-3. That Czech Republic, uh, the fans that were there, oh my, they were buzzing. I've never seen anything like that at a hockey game. I mean, outside of Europe, of course, we've seen that the clips before, but they were going completely bonkers in this one and i don't know did you watch any of this of this game do you have any comments on it yeah i caught a little bit i think the story of the game was i mean russia was looked like the better team clearly yeah and they outshot Czech pretty significantly mm-hmm. uh, it was 36 22 and and you hate to blame it all on the goalie but i mean Four goals against on 21 shots is is not going to cut it. Actually, less on 17 shots. It was on 17 at one point, yeah. And I know some of them were on the power play. but And even even for Russia, for for all that to happen, they still had a chance to come back. Yeah. In the third period, they had five power plays and didn't score. When when can you say that about a, a Russian team? To have five power plays and not score. And they have a lot of talent up front. I mean... They have Marchenko, they have Denisenko, they Podolskin, like they got guys, and cool. yeah. that's a really disappointing loss for them, especially, especially in a tough division that they're in, a division that they still have to play USA and Canada. Yeah. So, I mean, they're looking like they're probably gonna, unless something changes, they're gonna either be the three or four seed and have to face Sweden or Finland, right, in the uh, in the next round, which is a huge, which it makes a huge difference as we've seen in the past. Yeah. So I don't think the path for any team in this division is going to be 
easy per se. It's it's going to be a dogfight to get a good spot for that quarterfinals because Russia's going to be coming out for blood. They got absolutely slaughtered today with unnecessary penalty after unnecessary penalty after unnecessary penalty. It was high sticks behind the play, smacking someone after the whistle, just and hits from behind on top of that too. And then they got beat on the power play there. It was just it was really unfortunate to see because they did outplay the Czechs, I think. Um, and this Russia team is talented offensively when you look at it. Kovanov is 53 points in 26 games, wild draft pick. Yegor Sokolov, 51 points in 30 games, 24 tucks in 30 games there too. Uh, Yegor Zamula, I think is a Philadelphia Flyers uh, signed defenseman as well. I think he had a goal today too. He's pretty good. And then on top of that, you got those high draft picks. Kirill Marchenko, Vasily Podkolzin, uh, Pavel Dorofeyev, however you pronounce that. Grigory Denisenko, who led the lead, uh, the tournament last year in scoring. And then Romanov on defense. He's pretty solid. The Montreal Canadiens draft pick. So this Russia team does have talent. And I think that this loss is only going to fire them up all that much more. So what do you think that Canada has to do to beat them this game? Uh, well, I think, first of all, do exactly what they did against the U.S., just less penalties. Like, don't take as many penalties. Don't yeah. be deceived by an 0-for-5 power play by Russia. If they take penalties against Russia, they're going to get burned, honestly. And and don't get into the to the back and forth. Because I find in the World Juniors, it's, it all compounds. Like, even more than the NHL where they're trying to match penalties, if you start taking a lot of penalties, you're going to get a lot called against you. Yeah. I, I feel like that's a that, that's happened time and time again. And Canada has a distinct advantage at five on five against Russia, in my opinion. Yeah. So they need to play their own game five on five. And honestly, they got a better team. Their team's really good. Yeah. But definitely don't underestimate them because because they lost to the Czechs. That that box score does not tell the story of that game. I agree no. with you. Russia for sure outplayed them. No. And then it just shows that the the Czechs are a sneaky team, and then they they also have a couple weapons. They're obviously not as deep as the power uh, five countries in this tournament but they do have a little bit of talent that can make you pay if you're not on your game kind of thing um so yeah big thing you know don't get into the bs if you take more penalties than russia you're gonna have a tough time in this game um yeah throwing the body i think is gonna be key the russians don't like to be hit and if you're throwing the body like they did today it's going to cause retaliation penalties. Russia's going to take retaliation penalties as we've seen them do in the past. And that's only going to give you more and more advantages on the power play. Um, and again, it's not even insinuating that we don't have a special teams advantage no. on Russia. I think our power play is really good too. Yeah. But but I think just getting in that type of game does yeah. not play to our strength. And I, and I think no. this team is so loaded up front, can roll literally roll four lines if they wanted to. Yeah. that are all really really good so just stick to that stick to their own game it's a really good team like I said they, sh- they should be okay yeah exactly um, and then I- I'm curious to see who Russia plays in net because uh, Askarov was pulled today do they go back to him I don't know I want to lean towards no uh, just a hunch that I have but uh, we'll see the other goalie that they got there is uh who the hell did they play today? I can't even. They played uh, 
myth. I'm not even going to pretend to know this guy. Anywho, <laughs> moving on. Uh, in summary, pretty much, this team is very, very strong, very, very deep. Uh, stay out of the box, and we, sh- we should be very, very competitive, plain and simple. Um, so that- I was going to ask you, what do you think about Team Canada's goaltending situation? Um, I'm okay with it. Nico Dawes, I've really liked. I mean, this is a kid... A lot of people aren't even mentioning... They're mentioning, oh, he was a backup last year. I heard 3,000 times during the broadcast that he lost 20 pounds over the summer. Um, (laughs) But this is a guy that has stepped up and played well in literally every showcase opportunity that we've seen him. He's got a 9.39 in the season. He wasn't invited to the Canada-Russia series. He was only invited as an injury like backup kind of thing because uh, Jacob Ingham of the Kitchener Rangers got a concussion he came in i don't think he let in a goal in that half that he played against russia he looked pretty darn good there too canada versus u sports he looked good there as well and then pre-tournament he did not give up a goal like talk about stepping up and today as i said he played pretty well you got that first start under you he's gonna i mean the jitters are never gonna leave you but they're gonna be reduced kind of thing so I'm happy with Nico Dawes so far, but, and there is that but, when you have a goalie whose sample size of him being great is so small, it it is a little bit concerning, but so far he's done nothing to raise any red flags or bring any concern, sort of, to me. I mean, he's, he's big. He moves very well. His positioning is solid as well, too. I mean, he covers a lot of the net. Um, but yeah, the big thing with him is his movement. I really like his movement for six foot four. So I'm happy. I think we got a, a solid goaltender back there. Yeah, I agree. I think I think he played played good enough today. I don't think he played poorly. But it's an interesting question because conventionally, the way it works is usually they they start with a bad team and then go to a good team, but it or whatever the schedule may be they usually alternate for the yeah. first three games at least but canada's next game is against russia so do you think they go back to him or do you think think they go to hoffer in the next game no i think nico Dawes has fully earned it and after today's game as you said he played well enough it didn't give me sort of any it didn't give dale hunter any reason to go to yo hoffer on this one i think i think it's nico Dawes's net until he kind of throws that opportunity like, until he plays well enough that it's not. I mean, the, until he does not play well enough and uh, until he sucks. How about that? It's fair. Until it's fair. he sucks, it's his net kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it, it, I think we've had we've had some decent goaltending the past couple tournaments. I thought Mikey DiPietro last year was solid, and then the the tournament before that, Carter Hart was solid as well. Um, after that, though. A little bit uh, gets a little bit dicey back there. Um, but yeah, yeah. was great last year. He really was. That 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 Finland game, they don't uh, they don't go to overtime without him. He was awesome. And that one goal that they scored in regulation was nonsense, complete nonsense. Um, so I think that just about covers everything in terms of Team Canada. Um, We'll be watching closely on this one, and we will, next time we record, we'll obviously be talking about uh, 
this tournament. So, let's get into some Leafs talk. I know uh, it feels like a long time ago that the Leafs played, but let's get into that Carolina Hurricanes game. Oh my god. Did you watch that? I want to mention one thing. Yeah. If you remember, I said last time they played Carolina, it was a, it was, or last time they played this scheduled game against Carolina was two years ago. Yeah. And Mitch Marner had a sick game. He had four points. It was a great, fun, high-scoring game. Yeah. Ironically enough, it was the last time the Leafs had scored eight goals. I didn't even think about that until today, because or sorry, Saturday when they scored eight goals again, and probably. The most entertaining Leafs regular season game I can remember in I don't know how long. I, I thought since they beat Pittsburgh to make with Connor Brown scoring the goal to send them to the playoffs for the oh, first time. Yeah. That that's the first that other than that, I don't think we've seen this entertaining of a Leafs game in a long time. No, that was wild. Didn't did we play I got a question, did we play a next generation game against Minnesota last year or am I mistaken? Yeah, yes. I, I believe so. I, was, I believe so. And then Carolina was two years ago. Okay, so just checking on that one. Just wanted to make sure. But, yeah, what did but, you think I about mean, this okay, game? Okay, let's start. Let's start. Uh, it. it was a great start to the game. We need to. I need to comment on Sheldon Keefe's post-game quote about, they asked him, why did you start Jason Spezza with Tavares and Makai? Because Spezza wasn't on that line. He's, a, he's on the fourth line. So why did he start Spezza? And Sheldon Keefe legitimately said that he thought his girls his daughters would be in the building so he thought he would give them the start to see just just as a, a nice gesture Mike very Bab- interesting yeah. dichotomy compared to the first game of the season with our former coach don't yeah. you think if Mike Babcock thought that Jason Spezza's daughters would be in the building he would have scratched him yes even if, yes, he, if even if it wasn't in his plans he would have scratched him just to just cause it's him I don't know and you know what maybe just maybe for that Omen, that nice gesture, he was rewarded because Spezza scores 30 seconds into the game. Yeah. 30 seconds on the first shift. I mean, you can't you can't make that up. No. Um, and then we proceeded to score. Willie had a nice five-hole goal on the power play. Tavares had an absolute snipe on the power play over Reimer, and that was it for him. I think it was three goals on seven shots for James. See you oh, later. He, I mean, he got rinsed. And the Leaf fans, there's some Leaf fans, I think, led by Steve Dangle, that absolutely still love James Reimer. But I think there's another subset of Leaf fans, like me and you, that we've talked about on this podcast, that like kind of just get what James Reimer is. Yeah. Like, he's not really that good of a goal, to be honest. He's having a nice year this year, but we've been over this. He's still James Reimer, and he's James susceptible Reimer. to have the type of game he had in this game. When you need him to be big, he will not. Correct, it's just and that's that what happened. But you know what? I give credit to Rod Brindamore. I think it was a pretty easy decision, to be honest, but... Pulling your goalie five minutes into the game is can can be a tough decision sometimes, and it worked. Honestly, it, it worked for them. It was because uh, the people that don't believe that, like pulling the goalie after like couple quick goals, whatever, it changes a team's momentum. We've seen it so many times, and there are still people that disagree with it. Oh, it's it's ruining his confidence. Oh, it's it's not good. Oh, it doesn't change anything. I've seen it happen. Like, I did not like it when I got pulled. Oh, it doesn't matter. Oh, it was six breakaways in a row. It changes the team's dynamic. It doesn't matter if it's the goalie's fault or not. It doesn't matter how the goalie is playing. It does change the team's energy. And what's the point of playing the game? You play to win the game. Who cares about what his ego is? So... Yeah, it was 100% the right decision by Rob Brandon Moore to pull James Reimer and put in Mrazic. But 
Anywho, I had one burning question. That goal where Nylander lost it, um, and I think Brock McGinn went down the other way and scored it. Who's f- like? Where would you put the blame on that one? I've watched it like six hundred times, and I-, I can find like eight different people to blame. It seems. Ah, it was a it was a tough play down low. I think uh, this is actually what my, what my brother pointed. I'm not going to take credit on this, but I don't, first of all, I don't think Nylander was expecting to get the puck there. No. At least if he was expecting to get the puck, he did not look it. No. If that makes sense, he was kind of doing his usual kind of like pivot move that he yeah. does the little drive-by pivot move yeah and he got the puck and he kind of just tried to play it to the point i i kind of from my first glance it, it looked less of it on the replay but i kind of thought tyson barry should have been more expecting to get a puck there even though it was tipped he kind of looked like he had no idea that the puck was coming to him there yeah. he didn't even try to like it would have been a super aggressive pinch i, I know yeah. but he didn't even try to get the puck there but, but it was that also, was my first thought to be honest but then also i looked at it okay so there were four guys pretty much below the, the circles on that play. Four guys, leaving only Tyson Berry up top. So if Tyson Berry wasn't right, expecting pitches, it correctly, like if he pitches it, it's it's a three on all the other way. And then yeah, yeah, you got to yeah. also look at it. Okay, so who should have been back there? Should it have been Nylander to hold back there? It was Austin Matthews on the other side that was... Uh, he was expecting a pass. Once he doesn't get that pass, does is he supposed to come up like... There's got to be a communication between all of them uh, and have someone else up there to support it because having one guy back there just killed them and it led, it led to a goal. So, To be honest, I thought that was an example of a good aggressive penalty kill that Carolina showed because yeah. they had no issues having two guys right on Nylander as soon as he had the puck. And he did turn it over and it led to the, back, to the puck being in the back of the net. So... But then we and also, that really was a momentum shift in this game. Yeah. Then we also get the bad side of the, the uh, aggressive penalty kill where Nylander got left wide open exactly. um, on that goal there. I mean, I took a screenshot of it. There was He had like eight stick lengths between him and the next defender. So, yeah, that, that goal, though, was a big, big momentum shifter. I mean, to see the Leafs drop that 3-0 lead and then to turn it into... You know, being a two-goal deficit, that was... What were your thoughts on that? Sorry, say that again. Which goal? The uh, Just the, overall, after they lost the lead, oh. what, what were your thoughts? No, it was... You, you, it's just like you said, it happens to us, it seems like, time and time again. Right? This is the exact example of what you said last podcast, that they need to change, right? When they get a lead, they need to be better defensively. The goal that really bothered me, I know it was on the penalty kill, it was the second Carolina goal in the first period. All four of the Leaf guys were acting like the puck was already out of the zone. Our two defensemen were at the circles. And and there was Martin Neckash just standing alone in front of the net. Yeah. That was ridiculous to me. I'm sorry. And, and nobody was anywhere near him. Easy tip for a goal. That, yeah. like, that was an example of, like, where is your brain at? For those two defensemen, both of them to have a guy far that far behind him in front of the net. I don't know what you thought about that goal, but that was ugly. Yeah, um, that one was, I mean, I don't know. There was just so many. I mean, this game, Frederick Anderson wasn't the sharpest. I want to say a couple of those goals that were like, yeah, those are high danger shots. But Fred sometimes does have them. But, I mean, they did, they they didn't help him back there. That was, was, some of those goals, it was just terrible defensively. And, I mean, maybe part of it was 
the momentum was gone or they, they looked a little deflated at times, but that was just unacceptable. I'm not going to like, there's no more to say that other than it was unacceptable defending on some of those plays, but it really was. And then we're not even talking about the three goals in the second period, which are all off of turnovers that were yeah. so bad. Not the one of Morgan Riley. I understand those forwards need to do a better job tracking back and helping their defenseman with a breakout. But do you do not throw that puck up the middle? Like that's like, yeah, that is such simple hockey. I understand he's trying to make a difficult play, but in that situation, that is just a completely boneheaded play by Morgan Riley to make. And to be honest, he's made far too many of those this year so far. Yeah. If he was wearing a number fifty-one jersey, he would be crucified in this market right now. Mm-hmm. He's escaping a lot of heat right now. That is a little surprising to me because he's. If, if you want to compare him to our old whipping boy, Jake Gardner, on defense, he's made probably double the amount of crucial errors yeah. on the back end than Gardner ever did in a season in the Leafs up to this point. Yeah, Gardner, he really has. Gardner never got beat like Morgan Riley is getting beat off the rush. It's, it's quite no, amazing never. to see that happen. But all I want to say, then, after all those goals went in, whatever, we it was 6-4, correct, at one point? 6-4? Yeah, Matthew scored a nice goal on a really nice pass by Zach Hyman. Yeah. And off then, the rush. And Carolina, to their credit, answered, I think, two minutes later. Yeah. All scored with a nice shot. Absolutely wild. But then, all I got to say, this comeback is just, it's a sign of how much firepower there is up and down this lineup. I mean, the Leafs, as inconsistent as we've seen them at times... Just the bada bing, bada boom, it's in the back of your net kind of stuff that they've shown in spurts. It, it like no wonder they're they're not a wild pick for the cup. They're 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 a cup team if they just play consistently and they learn how to they learn how to win. I don't know. Like I'll get into this after we we talk about this game, but like yeah, this, this this the firepower of this team is incredible. What did you think of this the, the comeback here? I mean, it was it was beautiful. Honestly, like, what, like, I don't even know how to describe it. That was unreal. So you get the first goal, which Austin Matthews like great finish by Marner, but that goal is ninety nine percent on him. Mm-hmm. People people think if you think he just threw that puck in the middle without knowing where Marner is. You're crazy. If you look yeah. right before he spins, he's originally looking at Hyman going directly to the net. He kind of, you can see him because they showed the replay. He looks out of his peripheral to Marner trailing mm-hmm. and he does a spin and he even, he aims that pass right through the hole between oh, the defenseman perfect. and the trailing center and it is right on Mitch Marner's stick and Take he made no mistake in Barry. That is one of the nicest passes you will ever see. Honestly, that and that was great. And, and credit to Sheldon Keith. Instead of taking them off and playing the fourth line or doing something ridiculous like that, go right back out there. And what do they do? They get the puck in the zone again. Mitch Marner gets the puck on the half line. This guy shows exactly why he is a $11 million player. The patience on the wall to wait and wait and wait and find the pinching Tyson Berry on a very, very nice pinch by Tyson Berry, I might add. And a great finish by him as well to go forehand, backhand, tie game. That was great. And and w- what is there to even say on on the faceoff? Faceoff one to to the defenseman. I believe it was Trevor Van Riemsdyk, and he goes to play it to Jake Gardner. And yes. what do you know? 
Mitch Marner picks it off. Se- six seconds between Barry's goal and Marner's goal, and we have the lead. What uh, what is there to say? And again, Rod Brendamore, good timeout in that situation. I agree with it. You you just gave up two goals in a minute to the same line. You need you need a you need a break. You need to fire your guys up. You need, or better yet, you need to calm them down. Say, guys, yeah. you know what? We're still in this. It's a tie game. It's not over. But holy cow! You think Sheldon Keefe is taking those guys off the ice? No chance. Get right back out there. And what do they do? They reward it. And I loved it. I loved every. That was the best one minute of Leafs hockey maybe I've seen in my entire life. I don't think that's an exaggeration. No. That was terrific and exciting. If you were a Leafs fan and the second Mitch Marner picked off that pass, if you didn't stand up right away when he was going on that breakaway, yeah. you there's nothing in your heart. That, that's it. Like. The second he got that puck, I stood up and I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And he made no mistake. What a move for backhand, fake shot to forehand, slide it right in between the legs of the goalie. It was great. I mean, this guy is a stud. People forget how good this guy is because of all of the narratives that were made on Twitter about him in the summer that I'm still not happy about how they treated this guy. By the way, if you compare him to all the other RFAs, from this summer that everyone said a lot of them were better than him even though he's our own guy you gotta support your own guy 1.3 points a game great in point point eight points a game just something to think about that's all be appreciative of how good of a player he is that's all and it's incredible people almost discredit and don't mention how much he makes his linemates around him better like he like uh, James Van Reeves like, doesn't get that contract if he doesn't play with Mitch Marner in Toronto. Tyler Bozak doesn't get that contract in St. Louis if he doesn't play on a line with Mitch Marner in Toronto. Both those guys had career highs with Mitch Marner. He elevates the guys around him, which makes him such a valuable player. And no, but Joe, apparently that's not true. I, like, it makes no sense to me. I, like, the worst argument I saw in the summer, and sorry to go back all the way to the summer, but the worst argument I saw was someone was trying to compare Marner versus Matthews and say Matthews is better. Like, okay, whatever. But they were using the, the experience of their line mates as an argument. He said, oh, Matthews was playing with Nylander and Hyman, and Marner was playing with Van Riemsdyk and Bolzak, and they were, they, he was going through all of it. And he was like, okay... Well, it didn't include the fact that, yeah, as I said, JVR Bozak, career highs with Marner beside them. Nazem Kadri, uh, Patrick Marlowe were struggling, were doing horrible in the first half of the season. Marner comes on their line, they go on this complete tear where they're, they're fantastic all of a sudden. Why? Because Mitch Marner is on their he line. He made Thomas, Thomas Buchanan look like a good centerman in a playoff series against the Boston Bruins playing against Patrice Bergeron. He was awesome Forget in that, that series, that too. So, like, to discredit, I mean, Marner in his last, let's look it up, in his last eight games, so he returned against Colorado. He, did not, he didn't have any points, but he played well. The eight games after that, he has six goals, 11 assists for 17 points. I love that. Tw- averaging 21.58 time on ice. That, that's... Like, thank God we have Mitch Mark. That's all I'm gonna say. Thank God we the have. The thing Mitch. about the thing about him that makes him different from a lot of players, even the guys on the Leafs, like other wingers, like like whatever Kapanen, Yachts, even Nylander, is 
there's not a moment where the puck is on his stick where it's not a, a meaningful oh. part of the game. Everything he does is well thought out. He's a cerebral player, extremely, extremely high hockey IQ, and it and it always leads to something. It yeah. really does. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, let's take a look at the Leafs' schedule when we come back. Because aren't we back? Leafs are back on very soon, aren't they? Twenty-seven. Uh, yeah. They play Friday night, so when this comes out against New Jersey. Oh, another back-to-back. Fantastic. We're we gonna play Hutchinson. You think against New Jersey? I don't know. It's it's tough. I, I think it's possible. Uh, it's possible they go double Anderson because we've had kind of a long break, yeah. right? That's, there's that, or I mean, New Jersey has just can't score. So yeah, and Hutch did play well against it. Detroit. I think they'll reward him with a start. I really do. He played well against Detroit. There was one thing I wanted to add, though. I don't have any more confidence. Like, I don't have more confidence after that game than I did before. Yeah, that's it, He looked the exact same. Like, there was a couple plays where it was like, okay, where's where's the puck? He, he looked like Michael Hutchinson in there. Detroit looked awful. And that's why I'm like, it's, it's Hutchinson. Like, it's just, I don't have that much confidence in him still. So hopefully he proves me wrong. But if I had to choose, if I had to choose, I think obviously it would be New Jersey. Yeah. Okay. Even though we play the Wild at home, people probably aren't paying attention, but that team is extremely hot right now. No, we played uh, Devils, Rangers, and then Wild oh. in Minnesota. Oh, Wild! On the 31st. Wild is New Year's Eve. Yeah, they're playing. Oh, they are playing right. well. You are. You're correct. You're correct. Um, oh, I almost forgot to mention what I was going to say with the team and blowing leads and such. I feel like there's a player out there that the Leafs could acquire, a veteran guy that can just, like, teach them the nuances of winning. Like, the guys that I was thinking of, it's not realistic, but the guys I was thinking of, like a Ryan Getzlaff, like Joe Oh, I w- Thornton, don't even say that name to me. Are you crazy? Like, Are you crazy? someone that's just got, for lack of a better word, just a sack and has gone to the comp that has gone to a Stanley Cup before and can just whip these guys into shape and to say things not to sound too old school here but to say things to these guys that other teammates wouldn't say like I understand we well, that, was, that was supposed to be Patrick Marlowe you hope John Tavares does some of that right yeah well, like, I, I feel like I feel like like with Thornton and Getzlaff and those kind of guys it's it's no bullshit like you're like yeah. Thornton's gonna tell you, you you suck. Don't turn over the puck in your own end. Oh, for thing. sure, for like, sure. That was just one small point I wanted to to throw out there. So Devils, Rangers, Wild. Um, we the Devils obviously struggling. The Rangers, we've seen what they are. The Wild, the new look Wild. Oh, this is gonna be. It'll be that'll be an interesting one. New Year's Eve, um, for sure. Dubnik back too, so yeah, nothing, uh, nothing given, everything earned, as they say. Um, think that pretty much wraps up everything. Any other points that you wanted to make? Leafs are on fire. I mean, what else is there to say? They're five, five wins in a row. We got, we got um, a lot of hockey in these next couple of they, days. They currently hold the number two spot in their division, yeah, so. Not bad. I mean, but but as long as hey, as long as Kyle Dubas still gets fired, a lot of people will be happy, right? I mean, yeah, but, uh... get off that guy's back. Uh, I, even Shanahan, I saw Shanahan had a pretty funny tweet about his 
Christmas and his daughter was like making a TikTok. It was very funny. And not, no mention of the Leafs. He was just saying Merry Christmas, Christmas at my house. And the first the first uh, response is, you made our team soft. You were such a tough player in Detroit. You made our team soft. Like, get the frick out of here, man. You can't even let the guy enjoy his Christmas. Like, no. the people are crazy. Well, Twitter is a lawless land. Did you see the comments on Catherine Tappan's most recent picture? Yeah, that was tough. Yeah, that that's like don't do like don't do that. That yeah. just should not be done. But well, we we also forgot to mention uh, how many wins. So that's seven wins in our last eight games. How do you do? Um, I think that wraps up everything. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all the best. Thank you guys for listening.